Welcome to a special edition of MLB Extras. Let's listen in as Cardinals manager Mike Schilt addresses the media from the winter meetings in Las Vegas. Uh, Drew Robinson, so we traded Drew Robinson for Patrick Wisdom. Um, Going to miss Patrick, you know, had Patrick for several years in the minor league system and of course came up, did a nice job for us last year. Um, just feel like there's some redundancy in what we have and right-handed hitters and the positions Patrick paid, played, so wish him the best. But um, I saw Drew Robinson come up when I was managing through, uh, when he was in Frisco and also in Round Rock and um, always impressed with his skill set, the way he played the game. Versatility, clearly left-handed bat that we feel like is a compliment to some of the things we're trying to accomplish. And, um, you know, uh, he's been Dominican coming back today. He's actually from Las Vegas. So, you know, the big news could have been the 26-year-old left-handed bat we acquired from Las Vegas, um, which it is big news. We're happy to have Drew in the in the um, organization. You know, I've talked to some of the guys that I trust in Texas and um, our scouts, and the good news is he's he's got many positions he feels comfortable and confident in playing. A um, couple things that some of the people I've talked to that I trust at center field is the position that he's can take take hold to and um, but he's played all over very nicely we're excited about Goldie um, on a lot of levels and um, he'll fit into the lineup towards the top exactly where I, I can't tell you right now still got some all season to kind of figure out and think about and um, but he's going to be in the top three yeah the impact residual is the word it initially came to mind and when we were talking and I was privy to some of the conversation with Mo and Gersh and, and the front office about the possibility of, of acquiring Goldie. Um, and anytime I described him, I just talked about residual benefit and the more I get to know um, him and then do research on him and, and talk to people again, I trust in the industry and people that played with him. Um, you know, this guy's going to bring it and make everybody around him better. And that's, you know, he's got, a, he's a special talent in and of his own, you know, offensively, he's clearly, um, a proven commodity that that can hit and anchor an offense and lengthen the offense out and and again make people running better and you know you got a game plan for him and then you got a game plan around him for other guys that that it's going to increase their opportunities so um but also you know and to expand a little bit his defense is probably the thing that I when we talked about him would would bring up the most and we clearly know what we're getting offensively and that's a huge huge bat and a huge add um but if you look at where we were defensively last year and where we're looking to go, he helped shore up a team that um, and now puts you know six Gold Glove candidates on the field, and some guys that have won it, and some guys that are heading towards winning. And you know, of course, Yadi went in his ninth, and Goldie's won three, and Colton, um, you know, really was in my mind um, the winner this year. But we respect Lemayu and very deserving as well. But um, is right there in that conversation clearly, and of course Bader. You know, looking like playing Gold Glove defense. Azuna's won one, and and um, the guy that's coming for me that's a little sneaky good is uh, Paul DeYoung in that category. So, um, and then finally with Goldie is just the makeup. You know, the residual value he's going to bring. And um, you know, I, I had Jake Lamb and Nick Ahmed in the Arizona Fall League in 2013, and I stay in touch with him. And even when we played him the last couple of years, and I was coaching third, I talked to Jake, and and unsolicited, they were just glowing about about Goldie and how he goes about things and how he just carries himself and just has a good presence in the clubhouse. And, you know, I text him back and forth, you know, after we got him and they were even still complimentary. And of course, talked to Descalzo a little bit and he raves about him. And then you meet him and talk to him and realize just what a stand-up guy he is. And, um, you know, the good news is he doesn't have to do anything special. He should come in and be himself. You know, he's got a good presence. He's got a great work ethic and he leads by example. So he just has to be him. So 
like I said, a lot of residual value and, and uh, got a lot smarter when we added him. Yeah, so if we look at our off season, we're right about the halfway point in it before we actually, you know, the balls and bats get rolled out. And um, I feel like we're having a really productive off season. We're not getting a great detail, but we, we've had a nice plan. We, we look back after the season was over, and um, we as a staff wanted to capture what we did and what just happened and what we did well and what we need to work on, where our blind spots are and how we can turn those into sweet spots. Um, so we took that inventory and we've been in concert with that with the players and just, you know, like I said, captured while it was fresh. And um, we progressed from there into looking into how we're going to, you know, evolve and, and make sure that um, we're as um, synergized as possible with, with all the information out there and um, just understanding how we're going to do our advanced work and our game planning and what that looks like in concert with, you know, the front office and the analytic group. and. Um, and now we're you know, going to meet with our staff in early January to, to talk about the baseball and how we're going to have the you know, best chance to have a tremendous spring training and lead into a positive 2019. combination of all those things Derek you know we we did a review and looked at all our um, you know defensive metrics and you know we can go into a sidebar and I know we're going to talk about it further but um, you know errors are not always the best representation of defense let's don't kid ourselves they are important they're extra outs and they create opportunity for the other team which we never like to give anything away so they're real um, you know in a lot of defensive metrics we really were um, in the top half of defense in baseball and you know we're carried a little bit by some guys that, that played ex extraordinary defense and we also get credit for that too right so um, we have taken a look at all our defensive miscues and where they come from and um, we've kind of bucketed them into what and why they had took place and uh, we're in the process we mean Oliver Marmar bench coach who was in, in the infield last year and Stubby Clapp who will work with our infielders this year and um, Pop Warner, our third base coach, is also involved in the process. And of course, we're going to include uh, Jose Akindo, who was, you know, outstanding, and we're going to miss. But um, we kind of bucketed them into what that looks like and how it looks, whether it's um, a mental lapse, a physical lapse, whether it's technique, whatever that looks like. And um, we've come on the other side of that and feel good about it. And then, you know, last Wednesday we acquired Goldschmidt, and you know, that immediately upgraded a lot of what we're doing and and how we're doing it. So um, there, there are a variety of um, opportunities for us to improve defensively and and clearly you know I, I'm fully confident we're going to be at the top of where we should be defensively I think it's definitely part of it you know when guys are moving and and, um, and bouncing around and that's the good news about our club that we have some versatility but within that you know guys unfamiliar with the position and played a position and um, so we'll be more intentional in spring training defining roles and and getting specific with guys about what they can expect and, and work at it to the best of their ability, knowing that, you know, we prepare for the black and the white and the gray happens and, you know, just as, as prepared as we can for that gray.
not necessarily special care. I've got a good relationship with Dexter and, and respect Dexter a lot and, and you know, like to think and, and um, work daily to communicate. Um, not as much in the offseason. We want to make sure that guy's breathing a little bit. But, um, you know, it's, it's communication and it's um, open dialogue with everybody on the club. And, and uh, of course, Dexter's a part of that. And I've got a great relationship with Dexter. And um, he's having a productive offseason. He's, he's um, you know, he's healed and he's back to baseball activity. And um, he understands and has personal pride in wanting to, you know, rebound and, you know, become the player that back to the, that he's you know shown and more than capable of and historically has has proven to be. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a you know not necessarily a clean slate, just to you know because me and Dexter have always worked well together and and respect each other, and we both get the fact that we have a responsibility to the greater good of the team, and um, and he gets that. And um, I texted with him this morning, and so um, he's actually having the um, front office and the and the group over tonight over at his house. So. Um, everything's positive moving forward and, and excited for spring training for everybody. <laughs> I wouldn't, um, I mean, it's, uh, everything's always for debate, you know, some less debate than others. And, um, I'm a, if it's not broke, don't fix it kind of guy. So, um, I would say in heavy pencil that you could expect to see Matt Carpenter in the leadoff spot. Um, I also recognize this December, I think, the 12th. And, you know, things change and dynamics change. And um, so never say never, but I, I'm not looking. That's that's not on the top of my thought process about what we're working on. Or I feel like that's a piece that's pretty well cemented. Um, first of all, congratulations to Brandon and the Orioles. Um, uh, you know, Mike Elias and Sig Majal were with us in St. Louis, and a lot of respect for those guys. Wish them the best to a point. Um, and as far as getting to know Brandon, I've gotten to know him and respect him over on the other side and coach first, and now the bench coach last year. And, you know, always carries himself well. Don't know him, you know, tremendously well personally, but, um, you know, clearly has respect for the, you know, the, to the game and the players. and. And um, treat and carries himself as a professional, and I'm sure he'll do a great new opportunity. Um, I love what Mr. DeWitt said in the press conference, as far as um, you know, not playing the game at the professional level. And he said, you know, we're not asking, we're not asking me to me or, and they're not asking Braden to play. Um, so, um, you know, I, I think it's um, we're at a point in the game of baseball, and, and you know, it's look, you, whether you played or not, you have, you have to earn respect every day, and you have to bring it every day, and, and you have to prove to the clubhouse and and prove to the fan base and prove to everybody that, you know, you're doing the job and you're bringing it. And, um, you know, that's that's really what matters the most. And if you're doing that, I think people are um, understanding or whatever, and they don't particularly care about the background as long as you're, you know, caring about them and you're, you're doing the job that needs to be done. Yes, sir. Well, you know, it's always nice um, to know that that guy at the end of the game is going to kind of nail that down. I think we also look at, at the evolution of bullpens and because um, he's doing just that. You know, bullpens are evolving and the mentality of how to use bullpens are evolving. And, you know, my job is to, to do the best I can with the pieces that we have and, um, and, and be aware and, and understand how different situations work. Um, 
it is nice to have that ninth inning guy that, like you say, you feel like can pretty much nail it down and get the fish in the boat, so to speak. Um, that being said, there's also times where, and I think it's important, for, not necessarily for all, but for some guys to understand that that's their role, so to speak. But there is possibly some flexibility in that, meaning if you're in the middle of the lineup in the higher leverage situation, maybe the eighth, that, and you've got a, a, a guy in the bullpen that can match up well with the guys beyond that, that you know maybe you slide that guy into the eighth inning spot. Um, you know, out of my pay grade, but but is real, and I'm not sure how it's being valued. And maybe I should know more. But you know, there's also a you know compensation, you know, potential with with guys getting saves and higher leverage situations, and you know you're mindful of that too. But ultimately, it comes down to competition that day and how we're going to have the best chance to shake hands. Yeah, I think we've got some weapons down there that we all, you know, are familiar with that that we feel that could do some things, and and um, you know, clearly we'd like to be, you know, improve our bullpen. I think Mo and Gersh have communicated what that looks like, and I, I'm confident that um, they're looking to to do just that. And what capacity, you know, we'll we'll figure out and and um, we'll work with. That being said, I'm I'm, I'm um, optimistic of where we've where we're going with our bullpen and the pieces we have and. Um, you know, we alluded earlier about the off season a little bit, and we've had good dialogue, and and um, you know we're we're feel like we've got a good plan. We mean, in, you know, Mad Dog and Gertie and, and our guys that we currently have, because that's the that's who we have, and that's um, our responsibility to get the best and most out of them. So, you know, we're looking to be more efficient in how we can manage things and do things and prepare guys, and and that includes my my responsibility as well. So, um, you know, I like the piece we have, and, and clearly would you know. It'd be great to add some, some, some help to you know, especially with the lefties in our division, because every club's you know, got some, got some real thump, and, and the guys you have to game plan for on the left side. Say that again. Um, you know, I spoke with Alex yesterday actually, um, and he's in good shape. His rehab's going well. He's in Jupiter, um, going through his throwing progression. Um, all the strength and everything is, is positive and favorable. He's going in the right direction on schedule. Um, I don't want to get too far ahead of the role because I just want to, the first thing is getting back to health and making sure he's um, in a position where he can, he can perform. Um, we get Alex Reyes back to that, which I'm confident we will. The good news is, is um, there's not a role that he couldn't, couldn't work within. You know, I mean, we'll evaluate every, just every player's, you know, most every player is relatable to other players and how they perform, and, and then it looks like what looks like best for the team and roles, so to speak. Um, the good news about Alex, he could start. He's got the arsenal. He's got the stuff. He could be a guy that you could use in the middle as a weapon um, to go multiple innings, and he could also be used at the end of the game to to you know to knock it knock it down. So, um, good news is he's doing well. He's he's healthy um, at this point, and he's he's having a positive all season, and we'll. Look forward to getting him back on that field and being a weapon for us, regardless of role. Uh, it's fair, you know. I'm not, you know. I think obviously Wayne is going to come to camp as a starter, and that's what we're, you know, got him in in, in uh, our thoughts for. And um, it's great to have those pieces in place, and. You know, ultimately, you know, it gets to be about getting those outs and who's going to get the outs in the most, you know, those leverage situation we talk about. And 
putting him in the right spot. So the good news is we've got some flexibility. We've got some guys with skill sets to be able to execute. And that's what it gets down to, being able to execute. I thought he did a great job at third. You know, he's he more than held his own. The metrics support it. Um, you know, it's interesting that um, some guys, if you if he makes a play that is more memorable than others, they you know it's kind of like oh, see here we go. He made a throw. Well, of course he made a throw. He's human. You know, he's he's um you know gets a lot of action over there and he plays. And to Derek's point earlier, you know he moved around a little bit and was was willing to do that. And um, it's good to have him be able to anchor at third a little bit more. And um, so yeah, I, I'm excited about Carp and. Um, I think he's going to do just great stuff across the board for us. Where do you rank the NL Central in baseball since 2019? You know, and has your view on that changed since the acquisition of Goldschmidt? Um, you know, I, I am respectful of our competition in our division. Um, it's clearly a strong division. Um, and candidly, I don't put a lot of mental energy into thinking about other clubs. Uh, and we know they're there. You know, we, we game plan for them. Um, we keep an eye to them, so I can't be naive to say that. But ultimately, it's about us and our energy and getting us to be the best version of we can be. And, and we take the competition and enjoy the competition with our, our um, division rivals. Obviously, with Goldschmidt coming on board, you know it was a it was a big add and, and um, increased our chances to to get back to the top of the NL Central. It was a product of what we had at the moment, um, you know, and then of course he did pretty well in that exhibition series in Japan in the two hole. Um, the good news about Yachty is the fact that um, he's so valuable in, in a lot of facets. He could hit anywhere in the lineup and he, and he has the mentality to hit because he's one of the better situational hitters in baseball. And he understands, you know, what it takes based on this, based on the score. Um, and so, um, with the philosophy, you want your better hitters tending towards the top of the lineup. You know, felt like Yachty was in that position last year and try to get that consistency that we spoke about that, that's critical in this game. And he provided that for us. Um, that being said, you know, the roster's in, it's changed and, and we've made some upgrades. Um, so what's that look like for him and, and what that makes sense for him will still be determined. Um, I would never rule it out, but I wouldn't say that's, you know, a likely spot. Um, but he's, he did. He thrived there, and it, and um, but Yachty thrives pretty much everywhere. Yeah, it's a great question. So um, it's one that we talk about, and it's a balance that we're going to look to strike. Um, you know, clearly those guys are are capable and have been capable to start. You know, we relied on them to start, and they, um, for the most part, they they did a great job for us. Um, the good news is we have some other organizational depth. You know, you're looking at um, Michael Waka coming back, and of course Jack and um, Miles and and Wayno and uh, Carlos. So you know, we'll see how the competition looks. Um, but also the good news for, for all of those guys that you mentioned is that they, um, they also have experience coming out of the bullpen. And, ha and, and, and the great thing about that is they have the weapons to be able to, to, be able to you know, get through multiple innings and be able to handle righties and lefties as well. So um, it's an asset. It's, it's a, they're, they're, 
the good news about all this for you guys too is they're good teammates and are open to anything that they're willing to do to help our club. I think anybody's going to benefit hitting between Goldsmith and Azuna. Um, maybe not you as much, Kamish. Um, but um, yeah, he can. Yeah, he can. He'll play the game. Um, no, I think Paulie would benefit for sure. You know, he's a, a mature hitter. He's historically, and don't put this on now. Paul DeYoung's our three-hole hitter. I won't rule it out. The thing is, he historically has has done well in that spot. Um, second half of 17, and you know, put him there last year, and you know, he's one of the best run producers. You know, in the last you know six weeks or so of the season. So, um, he's already proven he can he can perform there, and I think it would be great that you know. If it's for those guys, it just help his production even more. I could see the benefit. Yeah, it's a spot that he's hit in and um, is comfortable in. And you know, one thing about uh, Oso that that I hope people appreciate that I don't think they do as much is, you know, this guy answered the bell last year. And you know, we we there were um, some peripheral, and I get it. People have the right to do it, and that's what makes our game great um, to have opinions and so forth. Um, but the one opinion I didn't hear much about that I'd like to make sure I voice mine is: this is a guy that was was not feeling great all year, and and you know we value, especially in our St. Louis market, guys that answer the bell. This guy answered the bell, and he was not at you know his best from the beginning of the year. And not at one point did he beg out, or if anything, you you know, you had to, um, I didn't wrestle with him, um, but you had to, you know, wrestle with him a little bit to, you know, say, hey, let's take a blow from this thing. He wouldn't accept it. So I have a lot of respect for Marcel and the way he went about it. And, you know, he played played the game with not, not his full potential. And, um, and still, if you look at what he did, and he did, you know, we finally were able to convince him to take a little bit of a break at that quarter zone shot. But you look at his body of work the last two months of the year, and, and that was closer to historically what Marcel's got. So he, um, he did a great job for us. You know, he's, he's hitting the four hole. Um, it's, it's a starting point that I think we can be comfortable with moving forward. Um, but again, I don't want to work in absolutes. Yeah, I love our staff in just general terms. I absolutely love our staff and I love their dedication to, um, first of all, our organization, our mission of winning a world championship in our in our clubhouse. They have a real heart for our players and wanting to improve. There's not a, there's a, it's a selfless group. So specific to Jeff Albert, I got to know him in 2008, my first year running spring training, not sure knowing what I'm doing. He's showing up in his first professional opportunity. Um, and he can speak for himself about how he felt about what that looked like in his. And um, but the one thing I appreciated about Jeff that that um, I tried to do as well is when he first got the organization, he realized, listen, this organization's had 100 years of sustained success with people like Mr. Kissel and Mark D. John, and the list can go on and on. That um, he was able to come in, put his head down, keep his ears open, do his job, and and was mindful of just trying to get better. 
The other thing I respect about Jeff, he was clear that he had a passion for what he was doing, and he had a real understanding of what he was doing. And he also had a vision for what he was doing. And candidly, um, his vision for where the game was going, and I try to be visionary, I think it's part of our job to evolve and create value, but um, he was he was really um, ahead of the curve about where this industry was going. And, and um, so I always respected and appreciated that. And, um, you know, on a personal level, he's just a, he's just a solid, good guy. You know, he's, he's a guy that you can trust and you can count on, and he's going to work hard. And, but he also has a real heart for competition. He has a heart for our players. And um, he did a tremendous job with helping um, create a culture offensively in Houston that kind of trickled up a little bit and, um, and more than proved his worth there. And, and he's got a good plan. And also what I appreciate about him is as much as he's going to use the uh, modernization and the tools that are there for, you know, in our game, specific to offense. He's also going to be able to pare it down and make sure it's still simple and it's still applicable and it's still baseball related in terms of um, execution and training. So he's a, he's a smart guy, a lot of skill sets, and, and um, it was a it was a great ad for us. Yeah, Tony helped me with this and, you know, talk about people with vision ahead of their curve. You know, I asked Tony in probably 2010. I ran that minor league camp for him for for four years. And first year, I was a little nervous to ask him any question, although it was my own nervousness. He didn't create it. And then finally, I would be open enough to ask him a question. And then since then, I mean, we, he just pours information and wisdom to me all the time. But specific to the question he said I said how did you stay I have such respect for people that stay in this game and sustain excellence I asked him how he did it you know at that time he's going on his 15th year um, as manager of the St. Louis Cardinals but he was also the longest tenured head coach manager of any sport uh, regardless of sport and he said you know I looked up and it was no longer the day of turning the spread over I had to and he, he said it's had to be used the word personalization um, so we change, we evolve. Um, I love that about, you know, our society. You know, we've got different generations. So specific to the millennial generation, if you're aware that, you know, we, we, we probably evolved more in our society from a technological standpoint and, and, and a lot of different other areas in the, in the history of the, of, you know, this country at least. I embrace it. And, and, you know, I'm a relational guy myself, so um, it, it ultimately gets back to, you know, communicating with people and hearing them and being available to them. And, um, and once you and the players know that you care about them, then, then, then it gets to be about just how you work with them. And, you know, has it changed a little bit? Does your tone change a little bit? Does your how you communicate with them change a little bit? It, it does. Um, but my job is always to change to the player because they're the ones that we're there to serve. So um, I enjoy the millennial group. I, I think they're very thoughtful. I, I appreciate their, um, they, like, they like transparency, which I do as well. Um, they like inclusiveness, which I enjoy. Um, and they, you know, they just, they just want to be, you know, treated well. <laughs> so um, I, I, I appreciate them and, and I embrace them.
No, I think we uh, look. They um, they've shown, especially Colton. You know, he's got a history and body of work that that um, shows he's capable of being an everyday guy. And if you look at his splits, you know, the last half, uh, second half last year, his numbers against lefties were pretty good. He's proven he can be an everyday player. Um, you know, Harrison too showed incre increased you know strike zone discipline and. Um, you know, the, the thing about both those guys is they have the ability to do it, um, and, and they're starting to really hone in on what kind of player they are. You know, with Colton, I think he went through that period, because Colton's got some juice, as does Harrison. You know, so, and our games evolved to, you know, let's hit the ball at the ballpark, and they can do it. Is that their game? Are they going to be consistent with that as part of their game? Not necessarily. Um, they can still do it. They can pick their spots. They evolve into it um, a little bit more of a byproduct. But, um, you know, they're figuring out what kind of player they are, how to go about things. That takes a little bit of time. And um, and to their both of their credits, they've been able to evolve and think and understand what that looks like. So um, I think we're seeing that.